0: in your bibles tonight the book of ecclesiastes chapter number one ecclesiastes chapter one just a um, insight into what i feel how i feel the lord's leading i plan on preaching ecclesiastes for the course of the summer and uh, then if finished or not i really feel led of the lord in the fall or when school starts back we kind of get back in the normal routine I'm planning, with the Lord's help, if he will allow me, to preach on Wednesday nights through the book of Revelation, and uh, I'm excited to do that, and uh, I've preached through Revelation before in North Carolina, and I think it's a timely uh, time to open that book of the Bible, and hopefully it'll be something to encourage and help you, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. But for the summer, with the Lord's, as long as the Lord leads, we're going to be preaching In the book of Ecclesiastes, when you open your Bible to the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, the Bible says in verse 1, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. And verse 1 really narrows down almost to the exact only person that could possibly be as the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes. And we have to believe it's Solomon. It does not say Solomon. There are actually a few folks out there that want to argue another point, and it doesn't matter. Uh, ultimately, we know that it was the king of Israel, the son of David. And in this context, he calls himself the preacher, and uh, he's a he uses this whole passage of scripture, this whole book of the Bible, to to really preach to us the monotony and vanity of life under the sun and uh, life without God. And I'll just tell you, life without God and life without eternity has a a great emptiness about it. And uh, so we believe most likely that Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And when we want to look at the life of Solomon, you can look at his books and kind of get some insight into the stages of his life. Solomon writes, Uh, the Song of Solomon, the book Song of Solomon. You can imagine as a young man in love, and uh, he writes the Song of Solomon. What a great book it is. And then as a man in the middle of his life, uh, doing his uh, work and uh, remembering the things that his fathers taught him and uh, writing words of wisdom, you have the book of Proverbs that represent primarily what we would think probably as the middle years in life of the man Solomon in his older days his waning years looking back on all that he had accomplished he puts earthly accomplishments in perspective for people and the need we all have for God and an eternal purpose in the book of Ecclesiastes and so we begin here in Ecclesiastes chapter number one the preacher Solomon writes to us we'll read this chapter together 18 verses Beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south and turneth about into the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Under the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing nor the ear filled with hearing. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there's no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new. It hath been already of old time, which was before us. There's no remembrance of former things. Neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. I, the preacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I gave my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold. All is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight. And that which is wanting cannot be numbered. I communed with my own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate, and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I gave my heart to know wisdom, and to know madness and folly, I perceive that this also is vexation of spirit. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Now i warn you in advance that when you read chapter one of the book of Ecclesiastes, it is very depressing. It is very depressing. And, and I must confess that When we're really honest about life, there is a certain depressing nature about just living life. And uh, the sweet news is, the message of the book of Ecclesiastes is not about how depressing life is. It's how depressing life is without Christ. But I can tell you the answer when we find it in the gospel in a life that's lived not just for life, but for life and eternity is a life that's sweet and full of joy and peace and Wow, it's great. I don't know about you, but as i study the book of Ecclesiastes and I think about how dull and how the, the doldrums of this first chapter of Scripture, I praise God that my life is not that shallow and empty. But I'm reminded that if I make something other than the Lord Jesus Christ in eternity, my goal in life, my life will go to something that is that empty. We come to our text and we look at it. Tonight's message is titled this, The Vanity of Life Under the Sun. The Vanity of Life Under the Sun. Verse number two, the Bible says, Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I think he's trying to get his point across, don't you? Well, what do you think the preacher in verse number two is trying to tell us? Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. The word vanity is empty. The word vanity is vain. The, the word vanity is futile, uh, of, of no ultimate purpose. And so the Bible says vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. Verse three What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? You see the next verse. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? What do you get at the very end? Hmm. Do you know what? The most certain certainty of a man's life from the time he's born is the fact that he is going to die. Isn't that encouraging? I just want to be a blessing to y'all. You're going to die if the Lord tarries his coming. The scripture says, What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh on the son? There was a man that described life in a very depressing way, but you can make sense of it. Well, what's life all about? A man was born and raised and learned a profession so that he could earn a living and raise a family. And someone said, what is life all about? He said, I'll tell you what life's all about. He says, I go to work to get the money, to provide food, clothing, and shelter so that I can have the strength and health to get the money, to buy the Food, clothing, and shelter. So I can have the health and strength to go to work, to get the money, to provide the food, clothing, and shelter. You see this going on and on and on again. And he says, and finally you die. And so the scripture wants us to think about life. Now look, I do not discredit the many joys that God allows in this life. It's very important. We we thank him for his, his goodness. And I've often thought, and this is a sin cursed world, and you know it's true. But I thought that even in the cursed, sin cursed nature, the punishment of sin on this planet, how much grace and mercy and love God has extended to us who all only deserve hell. There's lots to enjoy. But if we are thinking about why am I living, why am I doing this, why am I, and the Bible says, what profit hath a man of all his labor? <laughs> One day, all your labor is going to be for nothing. It continues in verse 3. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? Verse 4. One generation passeth away, and another cometh, but the earth abideth forever. In the next few verses, we're going to see some things that are monotonous and re- re- repeating themselves. One generation comes, and one generation passeth away, another generation cometh but the earth abideth forever. You just think about all the people that have lived and died on planet Earth since God created man and woman. It's been a bunch, right? And, and just think about it. You know, one generation passes away, another is uh, is born, another they pass away, another is born. And so there's a certain monotony about the people on the earth. I thought about this and about... Uh, Memories. I've got some things that I, I like to have in my office to remind me of folks. My great great grandfather was O. C. Sturgill, and I have I never met him. Uh, did it, I don't think he. None of y'all met. Him. Did you ever meet him, Connie? None of y'all. He was gone before y'all were born. Uh, so he he was a, some kind of great preacher. I love studying and knowing about his life. Jimmy Sturgill got, I didn't even know who he was or anything about him until I moved back home five years ago. And Jimmy Sturgill gave me some stuff. and I began to kind of investigate a little bit. There was a, a news article about him in 1976. He'd been dead for many, many years prior to that. But uh, at one time, he pastored five churches in in, uh, West Virginia at the same time. In the 30s, he was printing gospel literatures and pamphlets, and they were very well done. He was like on the cutting edge of gospel ministry. I I really liked that. That's great. But something fascinating, I've been preaching for 20 years and didn't even hardly know that he existed other than his pictures on the wall at Macedonia Baptist Church. (laughs) And I think about a man that is in my family with the same name and the same profession that lived just over a hundred years ago. The, The prime of his ministry was actually like, what, 90, 85 years ago? The prime of his ministry when I was born was like 50 years prior. That's not very long. But I'll just tell you, I didn't know anything about the man. And he'd done some great things. The more I study, the more I like it. It's fun. Think about it. But the bottom line is, hey, I'm going to tell you something. You may make a big honking splash. I'm pretty sure honking's a Bible word, right? (laughs) You may make a big honking splash in this world, but you'll soon be forgotten. You'll soon be forgotten. And let me tell you something, you're looking at one that will soon be forgotten. And let me tell you something, that's A-OK. Because God will never forget me. And I'll have eternity with him. And hallelujah. I've got something to live for. If you're trying to live for prestige, (laughs) you're on the wrong planet, folks. How many of you know how many presidents we've had? We've had 46 presidents of the United States of America. Since the beginning of the United States of America, we have been a world superpower almost since the very beginning. It's amazing. Forty-six men. That's, just, that's a small number, right? I mean, there's a lot more than 46 people here tonight. Forty-six men over the course of 234 years have been the president of the United States of America. That's a big deal. By the way, I think it's a big deal that we have a president. I learned the office of the president is a big deal. But how many of you think that you could name all 46 U.S. presidents? I mean, it's just 46. There's 66 books of the Bible. I'm telling you, these are men that led the world's most powerful country and a country that you, most of you, are citizens of and you can't even call the names of the 46 men who ran this joint. I'm just telling you all that to tell you this. We are forgettable, right? <laughs> How many of you love? I just love when people forget, man. This is awesome. I love when I don't get invited to the party. I, I love it when people forget my name. I just love to be forgotten. Let I me mean, just warn you right now. You are forgettable to people but not to God. Hmm. And Solomon, he's one of the rare exceptions to this truth because we're still talking about him thousands of years later, but he is a very, very rare exception. Millions and millions of people have lived and died. Forgettable. Including the presence of the United States of America. So the Bible tells us, look, life And the life you're living, look, if you're making your life the most important thing about you, you may be making the most important thing something that's not the most important thing. You see, there's vanity in life under the sun. Under the sun on this planet. On this earth. Scripture continues, verse 5. The sun also riseth. And the sun goeth down and hasteth to his place where he rose. Now, the sun's been doing an amazing thing for a lot of years. He just does it over and over again. How many of you knows how fast days go by? And every day that goes by is a day that lasts that you have before you die. Congratulations. Verse number six. He's trying to encourage everybody. This is one of encouraging preachers. Verse number six. The Bible says... The wind goeth toward the south and turneth about to the north, and it whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. He says the sun goes up and the sun goes down, the wind blows left, the wind blows right. Just happens. Verse number seven. I think this is kind of fun. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Under the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. I mean, it's just a cycle, water cycle. I don't know how much Saul understood the water cycle, but he said rain falls, sun evaporates, water just cycles. And all the while the sun's rising and setting, the wind's blowing, the water's cycling, people are living and dying and being forgotten. Verse number eight. All things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. He said, look, there's a lot of things. And it's like, all things are full of labor. we got to work. Guess what? We work our whole lives. Right? You do. Now, at this stage in my life, I am really not having any trouble tying my shoes. So I'm working and doing lots of other things. But when I get old, I'm gonna have a hard time tying my shoes. And I'm even gonna have to labor to tie my shoes. And if I if I live long enough, I'm gonna to labor to do just common things in life. But I'll just tell you this, as long as I'm alive, there's gonna be labor. Velcro, that's a secret, I get you. <laughs> You understand what I'm talking about, right? You see, the things that you used to do that were so easy, but you still had to labor at it. You can't do anymore because you're spending all your time trying to get your shoes tied and the groceries in the house and get from one end of the house to the other, get in and out of the car, get to the doctor. You, you understand what I mean. A life full of labor. But it says, man cannot utter it. Wow, it's just... Huh. The Bible says the eye is not satisfied with seeing. How many of you have seen something you just love to see? And then once you've seen it, you said, Oh, I sure hope I never see that beautiful thing again. That's not how we work, is it? When we see something we want to see, guess what? We want to see it again. And we want to see it more vividly. And so we keep buying new TVs. 3K, 4K, 5K, 10K, I don't know, whatever K they're at to right now. At to, ain't that funny? All right. Nor the ear filled with hearing. Have you heard something beautiful? He said, "Boy, I hope I never have to hear that again. I heard it all I want." We have this nature that in our lives, the the even the things that satisfy temporarily, they're not completely satisfied because we want more. You understand that, right? So the Bible is just letting us know that life under the sun it it has some some real sweet things, but. Ultimately, it's vanity. Ultimately, it does not complete us. It does not satisfy us. It does not have, and they lived ha- happily ever after because they do not live happily ever after. You understand? Unless the gospel message of eternal life through faith in Christ is at the forefront of your thinking and your philosophy of life. Living is empty, but when Jesus is first, guess what? (laughs) Living is sweet. Living is sweet. And I'll just tell you, Solomon spends a lot of time talking about different things as we work our way through this book of the Bible that a lot of us put so much stake in And sometimes and often even forget the eternal nature of how God created us. And our absolute need for God, for God's word, for eternal life, for hope, for eternity. Look, don't forget why you're here. You know why so many people are depressed? You know why so many people are beat down? It's because life is not going our way. Let me tell you, ultimately life is not going to go your way, okay? It's just not. Life's not going to go ultimately your way. You may have some victories along the way, but eventually life is going to stop going your way. And we've got to know that we don't put all of our stock in life, but we put our Confidence in our faith in eternity and the purse of Jesus Christ and the work of God, the eternal work of God on earth, in order that we might enjoy earth and living and life and also know the great benefits of eternity. We're to live our lives with eternity's values in view. There's a final section of chapter number 1, The vanity of knowledge. So Solomon now begins to talk to us about things he'd sought after. So Solomon's, he's, look, he's the king. He's very wise. And he's scratching his head thinking, now what can I pursue on this earth under the sun that will satisfy me? And you know what Solomon said? You can just see his eyes "Friend, I love to know things. I love knowledge and understanding and wisdom. And he said, you know what? Let me tell you something. I decided that since I was the king, that I would pursue knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Surely, in knowing, I can have peace. Look what the Bible says in verse 12. I, the preacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem. He'll testify in just a moment that he was an empty king. Verse 13, he says, I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. He says, "He says, I decided I'm gonna start finding out and learning all that I can possibly learn. He says, this sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. He says, God's given this to afflict man. He says, you know what I found out? The more I learned... The more I learned, I didn't know. The more I learned, the more I was responsible for. How many of you ever had ever thought about this? And sometimes I say, the people say, what do you know? I say, I don't know anything because I know the more I know, the more I'm responsible for and Solomon said, "Boy, the more I know, the more I'm thinking. Wow, what a mess!" Verse 14: "I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit." He says, "He says I've learned the processes of planting and sowing and reaping and farming and building and architecture." He says, "All the knowledge that there is available to anybody on this planet under this under the sun at this at this moment." He says, "I've I've seen it all." He says, and. The more I know about it, the more I know it's vanity and vexation of spirit. And a lot of the things I've learned, man, it grieves my soul. How many of you ever, ever began to learn something You thought, boy, if I could ever learn this, it's going to be exciting to know about this. But the more you learn it and the more insight you get into the insides of something, the more you realize, oh, man, I wish I didn't know that. Well, that's what Solomon said. He said, "He says, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. But I'm learning that everything under the sun is vanity and vexation of spirit. He says, my soul is vexed. He says, I'm trying to learn. He says in verse 15, that which is crooked cannot be made straight. That which is wanting cannot be numbered. He's not saying that there's no hope for things that that if it's once crooked, it'll never be uncrooked. But he's he's saying there, he's he's saying there's things that are that are and the like the thought processes of men and mankind and sin nature. He says there's things that are crooked that that I just can't wrap my brain. I can't imagine why folks are so wicked. Have you ever had that thought? I can't imagine why folks are so wicked he says, I'm learning. I'm learning about wicked devices and wickedness. And Solomon, man, he set out to learn everything. And he exposed himself to some of the most awful wickedness there was. He says, he says there's crooked things out there that won't be made straight. He says, there's things that are, in verse 15, that uh, which is wanting that cannot be numbered. He says, there's things that you just can't count. <laughs> you can't figure. Verse 16, I communed with my own heart, saying, lo, I am come. To great estate, he says, I've got everything. I've gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. Not only smart stuff, he says, he said, I decided I'd learn all the bad stuff too. Madness and folly. I perceive that this also is vexation of spirit. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. (laughs) What did he say? He said, I learned all I could learn. You know what he wants us to know? He says, I learned all I could know. Without God, it was empty. You know what our world tells us? And I'll just tell you, I'm all for education. But our world tells us that if we'll just educate, 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 Then you can educate your way out of wickedness. You can educate your way out of wrong. You can educate your way into peace. You can educate your way into satisfaction. Let me just tell you something. Solomon said, I learned all there is to learn under the sun. Without God, it's empty. It's empty. Now, look, education's got its place, and it's not all bad. But if you think somehow a degree will satisfy the yearnings of your soul, you're going to find out that in much wisdom is much grief. He that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. He says, Knowledge didn't work for me. And he says, It won't work for you. It won't work for you. You know, if knowing something was what it took to make us happy, at this moment we'd be the happiest people. And the happiest planet ever. This is the first time in human history. First time in human history. That anything you want to know. Is in the palm of your hand. I mean it's amazing. I'll just tell you right now. I really like my iPhone. I really do. I like asking Siri questions. And I'm sure I get on her nerves. Because I ask her lots of questions. Because I'm curious. But I'll tell you, everything I've learned apart from the fact that God loved me so much that he sent Jesus down on the cross for my sins. And because I've repented of my sins and trusted in Jesus Christ by faith as my Savior, and I have eternal life, nothing else has satisfied the yearning of my soul. But I'll tell you, When you have Christ, when you have Jesus, when you know that if you're to die today, you spend eternity in heaven, you know that though life is full of disappointments and tragedies and is vain and vanity and vexation of spirit and monotonous, and we're forgetful. When you know you have Christ, when you know you're going to live forever in the promises and love of God, It does something amazing. It makes the things in life and the living in life that otherwise is like we work to eat, to work, to eat, to work, to eat, and die. There's something about it. When you know Christ, it makes the monotonous sweet. It makes the moment, though you're clear and aware that This moment in life isn't going to last forever, but I'm going to last forever, and my loved ones are going to live forever, and I'm going to be together with Christ forever. (laughs) Hey, life without God, empty. Life with the Lord, hallelujah. It's sweet. So it's true what the preacher says in Ecclesiastes. Life under the sun is vanity. Knowledge and the pursuit of knowledge is ultimately vanity. Unless, unless you're living your life for eternity. There's a little song I love. I sing it to myself often because I can get caught up too in life. It goes like this. With eternity's values in view, Lord, With eternity's values in view, may I do each day's work for Jesus with eternity's values in view. And it'll help you to live for eternity. It makes life a lot sweeter too. Let's pray.